Hey guys, welcome to the happy hour. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? I'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care, mental health, and life. This podcast is designed to encourage, educate, and uplift each person that listens. I'm coming from both a clinical standpoint and a personal point of view to discuss various matters. The happy hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through, you can turn your obstacles into triumphs. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, follow, do all those great things, but just make sure you also listen. Hey, 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 happy hour listeners. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Happy Hour Self-Care, Mental Health, and Life. Today, we're going to be discussing why it's hard for ambitious Black women to honor their mental health and engage in self-care, and we'll be featuring Dr. Tai. Dr. Tai is a licensed psychologist in California. She received her Bachelor's of Administration from Spelman College and her Master's of Arts and PhD in Counseling Psychology from Southern Illinois University, Carbondale. She has over 11 years of professional experience, which includes five years of clinical practice, plus six years of mental health consulting and higher education. Her boutique therapy practice, The Black Girl Doctor, is tailored to Black women offering a new innovative way of therapy as it is all virtual. This is heaven sent for professional women who are always tied down with busy schedules like myself. She is determined to serve as a healing and inspirational piece to professional Black women who seek to acquire all the love, money, and happiness they deserve. So as soon as we get back from these ads, we'll be checking in with Dr. Ty. Thank you for tuning back in. Like I told you before the break that we have a great guest on. Her name is Dr. Ty. Um, Dr. Ty, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, sure. Thank you for having me on. I'm Dr. Ty. I am the founder of The Black Girl Doctor. Uh, we help, we specialize in helping ambitious Black women find happiness. Um, basically, I'm a private practice, and so we do therapy and a suite of online um, wellness classes live retreats um, and everything. So we do live retreats and master classes, but all of our therapy is virtual. So by nature of us working with black women, um, professional ambitious black women who are always on the go, that is the best way we found to do that. Um, and yeah, we really are focused on wanting black women to experience joy and not to allow kind of their desire to be excellent to rob them of all of the good things that life has to offer. So that's me. Um, And again, yeah, excited to be talking to uh, this community. Well, I'm so excited that you agreed to come on and and talk to us. Tell me about those live retreats. They sound interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so we're actually preparing for um, a live retreat this fall. So we're partnering with an HR expert who specializes in um, helping ambitious Black women kind of take the next step in their career. And so position your, to be able to position yourself um, for, as an expert and thought leader in your industry. And um, I'm partnering with her to really talk about, there's a lot of fear that comes with um, being able to do that. 
And so I'm going to be, we're going to be teaming up and doing kind of a whole, you know, get your mind together, mental health, and kind of do some on-site therapy around preparing to be seen as an expert. And then she's going to teach some practical skills. And we're going to kind of revamp your, your online presence and your life in a weekend. Um, so I will definitely share more information when we have it all together, but um, we're looking for this fall to be able to um, launch that retreat. Oh, I need to come yeah. to that. I'll make sure I job. Let me know when you get the details together because that sounds like something I need in my life. Right. Yes, now. yes, yes. I'm ex- I'm really excited about it. Um, so, yes, coming soon, very, very soon. And I will definitely send you all the details. Awesome. And then I'll also share with you happy hour if you're interested as well. Um, so tell me about the Black, Dur- Black Girl Doctor. Yeah, so the Black Girl Doctor uh, started as a private practice with just me. Um, I have been working, um, and so I'm a licensed psychologist. I've been working in mental health for higher, in higher education for, um, probably I was working in higher education for at least five years before I started uh, my private practice. And I really, I love the work that I did, but I really wanted to... Um, be more intentional about using my gifts to serve the Black community. Um, And what I found is that a lot of successful, and I'll put that in quotation marks, um, successful Black women were seeming to trade, you know, happiness for success. Um, And I think I I saw this in myself as I was going through my career. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and just obtaining the level, you know, getting your degrees and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or whatever it is that your, your goals, whatever you're reaching towards, you seem to kind of just, you sacrifice to get there. Um, and then you never, ever stop sacrificing though. Um, and it leads to burnout and all of those things. And I really, you know, did a lot of research on resiliency and wellness specific to Black folks. Um, and that's kind of where my research focuses and what is it that, um, what are the attitudes and beliefs and behaviors that make Black people strive? So that's kind of where my, my research is and, and the work I did in school. Um, and to be able to apply that to the people in our communities that are leaders. So if you're out there, you know, you are leading in your family, your community, you know, in your job, um, it's almost like you shouldn't suffer for that and have to not be happy to be able to make those changes. I think just the opposite. You should be able to experience the good stuff in life. And so that is what I focus on. Um, that's why I started the Black Girl Doctor. So I started working just one-on-one with professional Black women that are kind of working their way through their careers. Um, and I found that there was so much demand for that work. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't advertising. I was just getting so many clients and I'm just like, wow, like this needs to grow. So I expanded to a group practice. So we hired um, another, uh, so we, we only hire black female doctors in the practice. So only, um, only psychologists, psychiatrists, no therapists or social workers, anything like that. Correct. So we hire at the doctorate level. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and yes, and we're growing. So, awesome. um, yeah, so we do individual therapy, all virtual, um, and we do um, couples counseling. And all virtual, meaning telemental health. So how do you, what, mm-hmm. so every, so it can be from anybody from any state, basically. Actually, so, so psychologists, all therapists actually are required to only work with people that are, that live in the state where they're licensed. Okay. Um, so even virtual practice, even though it seems weird, um, all those states are trying to pass legislation to change that. Um, so we just work with therapy. We work one-on-one with people in California only. Um, Unless you got licensed in another state, then you could. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So yes. So there are so there's some legislation starting that hopefully will pass soon that will allow partnerships between states that pass the legislation to be able to um, see people in other states. So when that does go into effect, um, we will expand and be able to see people in other states. Um, but in the meantime, we do offer like a therapy concierge service. So a lot of times, also what happens is. Um, you're busy, right? And you're stressed out. The last thing you want to do is search for a therapist. And I know that that's kind of hard. Especially with TRICARE, because I have TRICARE. It's so hard. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I want, let me say something about that, too. <laughs> but um, so what we do, we have a, a concierge service where you can, you, we have a clinician you can talk to that will listen to you for 30 minutes and then find you therapists for you and make sure they have availability. Oh, that's dope. They'll explain your benefits to you. They do every, they do all, we do all the hard work. We make sure you know, everything, so you can just call and schedule your appointment. That's dope. I like um, that. Yeah. Um, but I will say one thing about the insurance and that is that I always encourage those that are in my community to consider private paying for therapy. Um, if you So we look at your insurance, if you have insurance and people use it, great. But what you'll find is that a lot of the clinicians, especially your clinicians at the doctoral level, your clinicians of color, um, do not take insurance. And it always seems like this, should I be like, really? And it's like, yes, <laughs> and you can make it affordable. Um, a lot of my clients, um, they do every other week for their sessions. Um, and most you know, clinicians at that level, we're doing short-term treatment. So you're not in therapy for years. Um, so you're talking a couple of months. It's an investment in yourself. If you're looking for someone like, if you find someone that you want to work with and they don't take your insurance, um, I really, really encourage people to consider paying out of pocket. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all that you're doing sounds really awesome. I like, you know, the fact that it's it's aimed for, you know, professional black women and the fact that sometimes we don't have time because I know it's just speaking from on my behalf my last therapist um, my last job that I just had I worked at the call center so I did you know a crisis line mm-hmm. work over the yeah. but I worked overnight so my uh, my therapist that I had and I had her when I had another job she only her office opened at three and closed at nine so for me that was hard getting in at yeah. three because I'm like going to sleep at like right. one and then so we started doing like um virtual mm-hmm. just so like at her last shift at eight but there would be times when I wouldn't wake up in time to get to it so that was just so really hard for a working black yeah. woman to even get in so I, I like the options that you guys have out there That's yeah awesome. we try to have um varying hours so um I usually do evening so I you know see people from seven to ten um one of the other uh, psychologists in the practice she does weekends so we try to do some uh, like r- range of times <laughs> so we can kind of fit in the yeah. schedule but that it really is hard which is why I love a lot of therapists are doing virtual now um, and it's not always the best option but I think for a lot of concerns it, it works really great um, and the yeah. research shows that it uh, is just as effective as in person for most things for sure like even my supervision mm-hmm. so in the state of Georgia my clinical supervision to get my full licensure so I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a counselor, mm-hmm. so I'm going for my LPC. Yeah. I have my LAPC. Most states don't have that, but in Georgia, it's like your associate license. Okay. Um, but so we have to get so many hours of supervision. My supervision is virtual. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go into the office if we want because she's here, but for most of us, like, especially me, like, I get off work, I'm ready to relax. Mm-hmm. We can do virtual. So that's just helpful in its own sense, just that the that the world is coming to so such new ways to do things. Exactly, now. exactly. I think for a lot of clinicians, you're kind of like, oh, like, I need to see 
your, you know, all of your body language and be present with you physically in the room. And I think that that is great. And a lot of us get trained on using that as part of our work. Um, but what I find is that, so when I first started virtual, I thought, oh my gosh, this feels like I'm doing therapy with one hand tied behind my back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I start, what I started to find as I kept doing it is that um, it's, it's a trade-off because I also get something else. So it's different to be in your own home environment, talking to your therapist and your level of comfort um, than yes. it is when you're in the office. And so it's kind of like you get something else added, even though that physical presence is taken away. I definitely agree because even as a therapist, when I went looking for therapy, like if I, I'm the type of person, first of all, and I don't know if people are going to agree or disagree with this, but I'm the type of person when I'm looking for a therapist, first I look, so I usually use Psychology mm-hmm. Today, and for those that don't know what it is, it's like a website where you go on and you type your zip code, your insurance, and what you're looking for, and profiles come up. So first, I base my, I always look for a black woman, because I went to a white social worker before, and I just, and she was older, and it just didn't mm-hmm. work. Um, so I would always first look for a black woman. I would look for somebody around my age. And then I would be like, okay, well, does she look like she's mm-hmm. cool? <laughs> and then there's been times, like, especially when I was in my grad program, I would go. And like that, like the school I went to for grad school, like a lot of it's, people went to that school. So I would see like therapists or psychologists and they had that like my degree on the wall from my school. So I'd be like, oh no, I can't see them because I don't want them to judge me. So just <laughs> yeah. being able to be in your home environment and just talk. Like, cause you could be in your pajamas from the bottom down and nobody would ever know. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love doing virtual therapy now. And I feel like if you can be comfortable, that's great. So my clients can be like, I had a hard day at work. They can have their hair wrapped up. Sometimes I have clients that's like, oh, I'm conditioning right now. That's good. Perfect. (laughs) Have a face mask on. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's great. And Or just, you know, I I think in a lot of the women, if you're super busy, you're just not going to therapy, right? Like, you're just not going to make it there. Especially if it's far. If you find somebody you like and it's not, like, within your driving Mm -hmm. distance. Or I live in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely (laughs) stupid here. Like, Yes, yeah. I can relate. So sometimes it's easier just to go home anyway. Exactly, exactly. No one's going to fight through traffic or you just, it's just not, like, it's not realistic to get someplace without having to take time off of work every week or whatever it is. Um, so I love that it's an option. I'll have clients that are literally sitting in the closet hiding from their kids doing their therapy sessions <laughs> with their laptop, you know, and it's like, it makes it awesome. accessible. Definitely. Okay. Well, awesome work that you're doing. I mean, where are you? You're in California? Yes, I'm in the Bay Area, so Northern California. Okay. So awesome work you're doing out there. So today I know we said we were going to talk about why it's Mm -hmm. hard for ambitious Black women to honor their mental health and engage in self-care. And what's so, so funny is that literally I just did a panel this past Saturday um, at a private practice because I used to work in private practice for a while, but it was hard for me for Mm -hmm. self-pay. But anyway, besides that, I did a panel um, one of their therapists there did a panel on the emotional health for professional black women. So it's so crazy that that's our topic today because I just sat down and talked about that this past weekend and learned a lot from the other panelists and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, my question for you is, why do you think it is hard for amb- ambitious black women to honor their mental health or engage in self-care? Yes, yes, yes. So I have one reason that I think is um, foundational to, to just why it's so hard for us. Um, and I will say that it starts when we're young and that we have been taught, as soon as you start showing potential as a little black child, um, you start to get taught that you have to work twice as hard to get half as much, right? Yeah, (laughs) like everybody knows that, right? (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's come from a great place. You know, our, your parents, whoever raised you, are preparing you for the world that you're about to be in, right? And it's, it, the facts are, you know, um, black people don't become successful by being average. And so there's this fear of like being mediocre average, like that's not how I'm going to be successful. And I think part of that is true. So you start working really, really hard because you want to be successful. So you start working twice as hard. And I think when I look at all of the professional black women like that I see in in leadership and management, they're just kind of working their way up in in terms of their position. Um, It's because they had to be so good that the people that hired them had no choice but to hire them because they're like that much better than the competition. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you get, when that becomes like your standard, um, you, you know, that level of work becomes your standard. It leaves no room for self-care. Like, you can't work twice as hard and still have time for self-care, right? And do these yeah. other things. And so you sacrifice it. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. You start sacrificing. It's like, oh, it's okay. You know, when you're in grad school, like, oh, it's okay um, that I don't, you know, you know, take time to, you know, see, I'll miss my this, this, you know, family obligation this week because I have to work on this paper. I have to do this. Or I have to, you just start giving stuff up. And over time, it just adds up and that becomes like the standard. Um, and the only way to, to when you kind of start hearing like, okay, maybe I should be doing more for myself. The only way to do that feels like you have to give up some of like what you're doing. And so you have to be less successful. Like you have to be less good. You have to do less work in order to do self-care. Um, and you can't do that because you know, you feel like you, then you won't be successful. Like you can't do less. Um, mm-hmm. Because then you won't, then you won't be successful. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're ambitious, you always have another goal. Like that's what you want most. You want to be successful. Um, so, so when I think about that, like you keep, so you keep working and then you justify it after sacrifice and you're like, okay, well, when I get to this point in my career, then I'll, you know, I'll be successful. Then I'll make time for self-care. And I don't know how many times yeah. people have said that to yourselves, you know, like, oh, when I get, when I get, when I'm, when I'm, when I make it, like, then I will do this other stuff. But for now, I'm just going to keep grinding and working hard. No, I totally agree because just for myself, um, I was also in the military. Mm-hmm. So as far as being an ambitious black woman, I got promoted to E5 sergeant in three wow. years. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, some people do get promoted that quickly, but there's some people that there was some E4s that I, you know, that had been in the army way more years than me that would look at me differently. So as an ambitious black woman in the military, mm-hmm. first of all, it's hard to, well, I've been out for five years, so it could be different now, but it's hard to honor your mental health then because you know, it's a stigma, especially in the military, to go to, you know, sit call and say you're having, you know, mental health problems because that can affect you getting promoted. That can per- affect you getting, you know, PCS into a new duty, duty station. That can affect your, your job, all types mm-hmm. of things. Um, and as far as just being an ambitious black woman since I've been a therapist, you know, I had a, a my last job, I got promoted to program manager of a shelter. And so I was, you know, directing staff and in charge of, you know, an entire shelter of women and kids and things like that. So then with my self-care, I was like, well, I'll get to it later because I have to focus on getting this this assignment done or this mission mm-hmm. that day or taking care of them. So I'd always put myself on the back burner. So in, in both those aspects, for me in those moments, no longer now, but in those moments, it was hard for me to um, honor my mental health and engage in self-care. But, you know, like I've told a lot of people, 2019, I have been putting myself Love first, it. putting my mental health first, my self-care, everything, all of that first. And that's one of the reasons this podcast was formed. Yeah. But um, 
I can understand why it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's it's our legacy, right? It's almost like your your mom, your grandma, <laughs> their mother, their, your great grandma. They didn't do self care. They worked themselves, you know, to the bone, and that Never is mind. what we've been raised on. So, like, if they did it, like, why, why, why do you have to? You know, <laughs> why can't I keep it together? Yeah. My life's not that hard. It's not a part of my ancestors' life, you know. And I think yeah. that 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 attitude it kind of just fuels this like, no, it's fine. I'll put it on the back burner. Um, I did it myself. I worked myself into. I literally worked myself into pneumonia twice. Oh wow. yeah, and it wasn't because like I don't have a weakened immune system. I literally just didn't stop working when I got sick. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I can, I can handle. I can keep going. I can keep going until your body is like, nope, you're done. Yeah. And your body and your your mind will shut down on you, like if you don't care for yourself. But it takes us until we're forced sometimes to recognize it. Um, but I'll also say, well, I also I wanted to say thank you for your service. I love that. Oh, thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. Um, <laughs> and then I would also say that most of us, um, the the big thing is that with that mentality, I love that you have changed for 2019. <laughs> um, well, it, it came with some other things, too. Mm-hmm. I was engaged, and I was supposed to be married in April, and my fiancé basically caught off the wedding, broke up with me, just went through a lot. And so in that relationship included, I put him first and everything first. So when all that happened, and along with just new transitions, I was like, you know what? That that taking care of everybody else first, and you know the job first, and that first, that wasn't healthy for mm-hmm. me. Like, I have to do more for myself. And so 2019 is all about selfishness and about me and doing what I need to do for myself. Because like I like to always say, nobody's going to love you like you love yourself. Exactly, exactly. And yes, it takes these, like, sometimes these dramatic things to happen, right? Where we're, like, broken. And then we're like, I got to do something different. Um, and I am going to challenge you on saying it's selfishness. Like, that's self-love, right? Like, that True. is, like, what True. you have to do. That's not negative. Um, but I'll say that, like, most of us never actually feel successful, no matter what we accomplish. Right. Um, oh, I've, I've had yeah. for yeah. so many years. Exactly. And I think I, um, I was listening to TV Jakes uh, a while ago and he was talking about success. Um, and so he's somebody that people would say, yes, he's very successful. Um, and he just, you know, commented, he's like, success never feels like success when you're doing it. Ooh. Yeah. And I was, yes. yes. And I was like, yes, yes. Um, and he just talked about, you know, what is success? And success is, it's ups and downs. It's lots of like almost failures and it's windy and it's twisty. Like, we know that success is not a, you know, it, a straightforward upward trajectory. So it comes with a lot of bumps. Um, and he's like, you know, I almost lost my business. I almost bankrupt myself and all, but all of this is part of you being successful because you keep going. And he said it took him until he was 60. So think about his career. And he's like, not until he was 60 did he say, yeah. you know what? Like, I think I'm doing the success thing right now. And I need to start enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> um, and I find that usually when I'm working with women, it's that it's needing to make that transition of like, you know what? You're successful right now. So, so uh-huh. it, maybe you don't have to work as hard as you were working when you were trying to build anymore. Um, and to really evaluate, like, if that's true for your situation. I don't suggest, like, if it's not true, it's like, nope, nope, I'm going to be broke. If I don't do this, if that's a reality, then let's make a plan for how to, you know, how do we, how do you get what you need? Um, but I've never 
talked to somebody that was in in this in, in my practice that was actually still in that place usually it's your perception um and that um doing less is not going to make you less successful but you you've trained your brain to think that if you do any less um you're going to be a failure people are going to think you're average or mediocre you're going to be fired you're going to be homeless and poor yeah <laughs> those are the things we tell ourselves the big fears right true and usually it's not true anymore by the time you get to these positions uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when I think about it, I'm like are you actually going to get fired if you you know you know don't answer this email right now and then you know people think about it and be like actually I'm so amazing they would never fire me I would have to do a lot to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like when you when you like are realistic with yourself you can make better decisions that I agree so what do you think self-care looks like or what does self-care look like to mm-hmm. you? Yeah, uh, well, one, um, for me, majorly, it looks like a mindset shift. Like, I think for, like, number one, like, you could learn all of the strategies in the world, right? So um, it's not, everyone has heard of ways, tips, and things to do for self-care, but you don't do them. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I think it starts with a mindset shift. And then it goes into like practical steps, practical things, right? So in terms of mindset shift, um, I think the biggest thing I would say is to create a new definition of what Black excellence is. And I do a lot of that work in my practice. Um, And I, so my definition of Black excellence, it's hard work plus joy. Um, And hard work minus joy, that is oppression. Okay. Yeah, I I said recently, like, you know, don't keep, you know, enjoy your life, make the time most of it. Don't just, you know, be living your life to make a living, but live your life to make experiences and memories Mm -hmm, as well. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you're thinking every day, like, what am I doing today? So um, what in terms of practical tips, I talk about like um, not making to do lists and doing something called a list of daily intentions. Um, and it's where you plan your day looking at how do you intend to feel at the end of this day? Um, and mm-hmm. if you intend to feel satisfied um, and cared for and validated as a person, um, like what does your list of things look like? And usually it's very different than when you're focused on how much do you want to get done today? Um, yeah. So that list starts including things like self-care. So, you know, it's the, it's the most pressing things you have to do in a day. Plus, you need to add in the things you need to do to care for yourself, whether that means you need to call your girlfriend back who left you three messages. You need to get your nails done. You need to meditate. You need to go for a walk. Like, whatever it is that you need to do, you need to add it into the day. So when you look at, like, your list of what you plan to do that day, you're like, yeah, if I accomplished this and most of this, I would feel like this was a day where I was achieving Black excellence with that new definition. Hard work plus joy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and if and when your when your days turn into you just doing all work for you to really believe like that is you that is that's modern day slavery that's oppression and that is not for cool. sure um, and so when you start thinking that it challenges you in the moments when you're like about to you're like nah I'm just gonna keep working I'm not gonna go take that walk <laughs> um, and you can be like do you wanna be you wanna be excellent or you wanna be oppressed <laughs> and then it helps yeah. you be like okay I'm, I'm gonna put it down I'm gonna put it down and I'm gonna go for my walk. And that's so necessary. Mm-hmm. It is because it's like we make we make decisions every day on if we're going to do the things that are going to bring us joy or not. Um, and I think we're all super logical, so we make decisions that are in alignment with our beliefs. 
Um, so when you believe that, when you truly believe that being excellent as a Black person um, includes your experience of happiness and joy, um, you will make better decisions um, to align with that. And it's kind of like, what is it that you must believe about the world and yourself um, that would cause you to put yourself last? Yeah. And whatever that is, and I, I definitely, lie, right? <laughs> yeah, and I definitely think as a woman in general, mm-hmm. especially if you have a family, you have yes. kids, you, you you oftentimes put yourself on the back burner. So you put the kids first, you put your husband first. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do have a you know a great job or, or you know things like not, not even just a great job, but a job that requires a lot, you put that job first, you put those things yes. first. You 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 oftentimes put yourself on the back mm-hmm. burner, and that that leads kind of into my next question. What do you think is the importance of self care? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the it's it's everything, right? <laughs> Um, it is the thing that, um, the importance of self-care, it's what's going to sustain you. And I also think for, um, for black people in particular, I think it is our greatest act of resistance against the, all the things that are happening in the country. Um, I think that, you know, there, you know, our systems at place that are working to steal your joy, um, and you being able to experience it despite all of this is an act of resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I feel like, you know, yes, there's all these things going on. Yes, I'm dealing with all these and I'm still going to find joy. And I think that that is, that's how you honor yourself. That's how you honor your ancestors. You know, it's kind of, we talked about, you know, we look at our, our ancestors and we're like, oh, they did, they struggled so hard. So I shouldn't, I should be able to struggle. Or I think what's more honoring is that they struggled. So you didn't have to do that. And so if you're yeah. in a position where you actually don't, but you're just, you know, your mind, you're choosing it because, you know, I'm not in it. And I don't want to say that in a, in a, in a bad way. I think it's just, we're just not thinking about it the same way. Um, but if you're, if you don't have to struggle, that's what they wanted for you. Mm-hmm. I always think about, you know, um, I used to, you know, operate off this assumption. Um, like I can't take risks and, oh, I have to make sure I work this job and go with this path because I don't want to be homeless right like I'm going to fail like even starting my business I'm thinking okay what doesn't work out I'm gonna be homeless and everything's gonna fall apart and then so you operate in fear so when I believe that then I start making decisions like maybe I can't launch the private practice maybe I should just I should just keep doing what I'm doing and you know that's fine because that's what I have to do Um, and it's a smart decision if the reality is I'm gonna be homeless if I can't pay you know my bills um, and that's what I'm telling myself. When I think about it, I'm like, okay, let, let's be factual. What is my worst case scenario? And the truth is, you know, my mom has a home and I could live with her, <laughs> right? Worst case scenario, I lose everything I have. I do have somebody that I can go live with. And True. if that's the reality, like, why am I not saying, um, she did that for me. She didn't have that opportunity, Right. Um, and she has created that space. So I'm allowed to take a risk that could allow me to grow bigger than I could have ever imagined. And mm-hmm. so maybe me honoring her sacrifice is by me actually doing what you know, I feel called to do and not allowing fear to stop me because there, it really, it's not a valid fear. Yeah. And I also think, you know, just talking about the importance of self-care, um, you have to 
especially us as in the, in the helping profession, you know, mm-hmm. you and I, but even like I said, mothers, teachers, you know, any of the pastors, any of those types of mm-hmm. professions, if you keep giving, 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 yeah. but you're not refueling, mm-hmm. you're going to eventually deplete and not have anything to yeah. give. So therefore the importance of self-care is because you have to, you have to refuel back into yourself in order to keep you have, out. You, have you know, to. you can't, yeah, you can't keep giving out and then be an empty source, an empty vessel. Then, you know, people are expecting to keep giving, getting from you. So you're going to be completely drained. So the importance of self-care, especially in the health profession or just women in general, because we're nurturers, mm-hmm. is to, you know, ensure to take care of ourselves. Because not saying you won't have a husband or a spouse or a job. You know, there are some great jobs that, you know, push back into you. But still, you have to make sure that you are the first person that does it. Because again, like I said, nobody's going to love you like you love yourself. So you have to, even if you have a great support system and things around you, you have to ensure to utilize those that self-care to fuel back into yourself. Absolutely. I think it's because it's almost like we're operating under the assumption, like, if I take care of myself, I'm going to be able, it's going to take away from the people that I love, that I'm trying to care for. Um, but actually, it's not true. It is that when you put yourself first and you do less, you get to do more. Um, mm. And that seems like such a backwards concept, but it's, it's even a whole thing in the research. Uh, my favorite book um, on the topic is called Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. Um, and she talks about, um, it's specifically about women, <laughs> women who are leaders in the home and the workplace um, and how you learn to intentionally drop the ball on things. And by doing that, you actually can obtain and get more out of your life and out of everything. So it's possible Mm -hmm. you can do less at work and end up being more amazing and excellent than you were today. Yeah, Um, yeah. I agree. And it's like, it's a scary jump. But when you do it, you're like, oh, what have I been doing? (laughs) Yeah, why have I been doing? Why am I killing myself? Okay, yeah, and so we were talking about the importance of self-care and how sometimes you're afraid to make that jump or that leap, but then you look back and you're like, what was I so scared of? What was Mm -hmm. I so afraid of? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Really entertain the idea that you can do less and achieve more. I agree. So what, how do you think a person, how should a person navigate self-care in their life? How should they navigate it? I think we need to put it in, so I think for women, we do a lot of um, planning, usually. <laughs> um, and so you have to plan for it. Um, you need to, and it, until it becomes a habit. So, you know, in every, in every to-do list that you make, in every, you know, task list that you make when you're planning, you know, what your day, your week, your month is going to look like, you infuse self-care into it. And whatever that looks like for you, whatever it is that rejuvenates you, there's so many things. Um, my one of my favorite self-care tips is to get help um and to uh whatever but you need to put it into your day and when you do that then all of a sudden by the end of the week you had a really good week full of things that you did to care for yourself um and even if you don't get to it two days out of the week three days out of the week you did than you would have done if you hadn't planned for it and as you keep doing it over time then it becomes a habit yeah Um, literally every day you need to plan like what am I doing today um to care for myself well that's even that list of intentions that she talks about intentionally Mm -hmm. caring for yourself that day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you think really sit down like so I like to you know make it up early and 
do um, plan out my my list of intentions. Um, sometimes it's easy to start with a to do list and just like dump everything that's in your brain onto a piece of paper. <laughs> um, and then, but that's not your list for the day. That's just a mind dump, mm-hmm. right? You take that list and then you make what are your intentions for that day. Um, and I start by just selecting the most critical things, a couple of the most critical things that are going to have dire consequences if you don't finish. Put that on your list of intentions. Um, and then you have to put in something, at least one thing that is to care for yourself. For sure. And so you just think like, what do I need today? What makes me feel good today? Sometimes, you know, it's exercise and talking to a girlfriend. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's, you know, paying for grocery delivery instead of going to the grocery Ooh, store. Yay. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, getting, securing a babysitter for your kids so you can have some time off mm-hmm. um, in the evening or whatever it is. Um, you put that on your list and then you look at your list and you're like, okay, is it too much? If it is, and usually I feel like when we do this the first time, you still put too much on your list of intentions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look at it again. And be like, how am I going to feel at the end of the day if I get all this done? Because usually what happens, we think like, oh, you're going to feel amazing if you um, get everything done on your to-do list. And when I used to make to-do lists, I did, I was like, yes, like if I got that accomplished, it was darn near impossible. And I'm like, I'm killing it. Like, look what I did. But I'm also exhausted. Right. If you finish a to-do list in a day, you're probably exhausted. And if you don't finish it, then you feel like crap. You're like, dang, I suck. I'm a loser. Uh, <laughs> why couldn't I get my list done? Yeah. Um, but if you don't structure it that way, if your question to yourself is, you know, how is this going to make me feel good, or is it going to make me feel exhausted? Mm-hmm. You know, you make you make a list of things that's going to make you feel valued, honored, loved, and and accomplished. Sure. And that definitely. looks very different than just your standard to-do list. No, that's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. That's awesome. So Dr. Mm-hmm. Ty, what other things would you, you know, on the topic of what we're talking about, what other things would you like to add to that? Oh, I feel like we're, we're covering a lot of ground. Um, I would say, again, I just want to reiterate, um, it starts with a mindset shift. Yeah. And so... You know, don't try to do the tips if you haven't done the work to change your mindset. And that doesn't take years and months. You can have one powerful experience. You can listen to this podcast and be like, yep, you're right. Black excellence is hard work plus joy. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with the with the hard work, no joy. <laughs> True. If only it was um, that easy, though. <laughs> well, you know what? When you say it um, and then you just repeat it to yourself every day. So I still I, I teach this and I still find myself doing the most sometimes and I have to say okay okay am I being excellent or am I being a slave (laughs) (laughs) when I say it like that it's harsh but then I don't want to make the choice that aligns me with oppression Uh right then I'm like okay no 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 I'm gonna do the thing that's going to honor who I am Uh Um, and so being in the have so my um, my uh, favorite affirmation says I refuse to let my desire to be excellent limit my ability to experience joy Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'll say that again. I refuse to let my desire to be excellent limit my ability to experience joy. Um, I have a magnet. I have it on my fridge. I look at that every day um, and keep that with me. And that is part of you just reminding yourself. And you don't have to do it perfect every day. That's okay. Um, You just that's your that's your intent. That's your goal. And so when you're striving towards that, you're going to be so much happier. You're going to be so much at peace, um, so much more at peace than you are when you're striving for 
this constant, you know, grind. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. So awesome. So, Dr. Ty, I, I, I'm so grateful that you came on today. Do you want to let the show know your social media handles and your website? And for people that are in California that might be looking for what you're offering, you want to let them know about that? Yeah. So, uh, my website is www.theblackgirldoctor.com. Um, and then my social media handles, very easy. Um, Facebook and Instagram, I'm at The Black Girl Doctor. Um, and then on Twitter, I am It's Dr. Ty. It's I-T-S-D-R-T-A-I. Um, and then I also say so on Instagram and Facebook, doctor is spelled out. So the black girl doctor. Um, yeah. And so if you're in California, you're looking for a therapist, um, please be in touch. We do free consults so you can get to know your doctor and see if you're a good match before you make a commitment. Um, and then if you sign up, you know, on our website and follow us on social media, then you'll stay in touch with all of the other things we do. So we do virtual masterclasses that are open to everyone. Um, and then I mentioned the retreat we'll be launching soon, which will be open to anyone um, in, in the country. So yeah, I'm excited. I hope to, to connect with, with more people. And, um, we also do speaking engagements. I do speaking engagements. Um, so if you're with a company and y'all got a few black people there, <laughs> if you want someone to come in and talk about self-care and wellness, you know, have them reach out. Um, happy to uh, put, I do um, custom packages and workshops for different organizations and businesses. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Ty, again, thank you so, so, so much um, for, oh, do you have an email as well in case, can they email you or they'll get that from your website? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you can email me. I am uh, Dr. Ty at theblackgirldoctor.com. So it's D-R-T-A-I at theblackgirldoctor.com. Okay. But yes, I thank you so much for coming on here. I definitely, like I said, think there's an importance for um, especially ambitious black women professional black women black mm-hmm. women in general and everybody in general to honor their mental health and engage in self-care but it's something that we you know are talking about more but people are still just getting in the the beginning steps of actually attempting and doing it so I think that's important that we discussed it today um, I, I'm greatly honored and thankful that you decided to jump on little happy hour here and, and share mm-hmm. some of your wisdom with us I'm sure my um, audience will definitely love it No, I'll just say thank you for inviting me. And I I love talking to communities that are looking to expand their joy and just kind of grow. Um, So thanks so much for reaching out, Ashley. I love what you are doing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to keep following the podcast. Awesome. And looking forward to staying in touch. Yes. Okay. Well, happy hour listeners. Thank you so much for checking us out today. Um, I hope you have a great weekend and a great next week. And um, talk to you next week. Peace out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Happy Hour. Be sure to go follow me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. You can check out my IG at Happy Hour with Ashley, or you can even check out my website, www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. Thanks for joining the Happy Hour. 
If you want to be a supporter of this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, click the link under the details or go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And once you're there, you can choose to become a supporter with 99 cent a month, $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. Again, thank you for joining happy hour. Remember to like, share, subscribe and make sure you listen.